With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Instead of looking at live bets, how about we take a look into some futures and some bets for tomorrow. We're going to do that right now as we go to the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is Sia Najad of Wind Daily Sports, winddailysports.com. Uh, his co-host is the one that almost won $100,000, but also Sia Najad, I'm sure, has won plenty as well throughout his time betting and doing DFS for golf. So, uh, Sia, I know you have some things to say about the Eagles, which I was not expecting, so we will get to that. But first, I want to start off with some golf. First of all, how did it go with you during uh, championship weekend? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Yo, and Joel did he did win a hundred thousand dollars. He did. What he lost was a was a million dollars. Right. He that's that's what dollars. I meant. He almost won a million dollars, but did one hundred thousand. Yes. <laughs> and, and John, can I tell you one of the reasons I love coming on this show is because before you even introduce me, you know, you're, you're talking about you know the, whatever's going on the baseball games, and you mentioned the White Sox. And I happen to already have a bet on the White Sox nice. in a parlay that I probably shouldn't have made because it's losing <laughs> right now. But I got to be honest with you, I like that live bet. I didn't love the number, just like you. But I went ahead and took it. While, you know, basically while you were kind of going through the motions, I just kind of went ahead and and took that bet. So thank you, thank you. If it comes in, and if not, I, I'm not coming on the show next week. <laughs> Sorry, that's fair. That's very fair. But also, that's that's what we do here in the line change. That's why people need to listen because we're going over the live lines. And look mm-hmm. at that, Billy Hamilton stealing third base for the White Sox. Now a runner on third with one out, and Tim bleeping Anderson up the bat against the guy that he's lifetime coming into this game, twelve for eighteen against. So. um yeah, I think the good White Lord. Sox might end up scoring. Yeah, good Lord, right? I saw that number two uh, by a good friend uh, of mine and a friend that you you know as well, Bennett Carroll, uh, who's a producer at SiriusXM. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you got to bet Tim Anderson today. Bet on his hits. Bet a home run. He's 12 of 18 against Michael Pineda with, I think, three doubles, three home runs, and went, all right, I'll do it. Uh, so I bet is over on the uh, the hits. But uh, Tim Anderson, I think I'm seeing now, so he had one at batting against him. He's 12 for 19. Uh, yeah, three doubles, three home runs, and only three strikeouts. So maybe Tim Anderson will get us a run here. But the Open Championship for Joel was good. How was it for you, though? How did things go? Were you shocked Morikawa ended up winning it? Any surprises? Uh, just overall thoughts on the Open? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, in, in the betting market, I did okay. Uh, the week before, I actually hit an outright on, on Lucas Glover, which nice. was really nice because I was a 50-1 to one shot. But in DraftKings... I, you know, I was doing really well until Louis Ustazen decided he didn't want to play anymore on Sunday because <laughs> I started just – his precipitous fall sort of followed my – or I should say the other way around. And so I, I was – I ended up actually losing a little bit in DraftKings. If Louis had just, you know, been decent, uh, you know, instead of being completely out of the cash in some of the bigger contests I, I was in, I would have min-cashed, which meant I would have won, like, a decent amount of money. So that's – that's just sort of how, you know, daily fantasy goes, and, and it's not a huge deal. I'll tell you what, though, I, you know, I interviewed, uh, you know, he's, Joel was my co-host, of course, but I took the role of interviewing him yesterday for our Wind Daily Sports PGA show because I just wanted to know 
how does it feel? Like, I wasn't trying to rub it in. I just, as a DFS player, I wanted to know, how does it feel to think you have won a million dollars, which he absolutely thought it was over. He won. He just forgot to apply a bonus that, that is applied after the tournament. So he literally was, like, calling his mom and his wife and saying, yeah, I've won a million dollars. And it took somebody in our Win Daily chat to tell him, hey, bud, I think you might have forgotten to add this, this bonus that's applied at the end for the guy who is in second place right now. And lo and behold, that's what, what happened. So they, they switched spots. And so, you know, you literally go from, hey, I'm a millionaire to, oh, shoot, I just lost $900,000 and I got this consolation prize, which isn't nearly as good as what I thought I had won. So just the whole psychological component of that I thought was super interesting. And, it is. You know, it, applies, it really is. It applies to betting and, and everything, really. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like a nice sweat for, uh, and then a bad beat or – uh, bonus five points that come out of nowhere that you didn't account for that make you go from a million dollars to 100,000. And I always keep saying, because uh, I did talk with Joel about this, uh, it, it is a lot better be, to be called the million dollar man and not the $100,000 man. There's a reason why Ted DiBiase <laughs> was called the million dollar man. For sure. Uh, so, real for quick, sure. I want to go into some 3M open bets. Uh, just real quick course notes. What kind of course are we looking at here? I'm sure a lot different well, than the one we just went on. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, it's funny because the, the Open Championship was supposed to play hard. It really didn't, as it turns out, because the wind didn't pick up and things of that nature. But this is a pretty straightforward course. I mean, it's, it's a par 71, 7,400 yards. Translation for all you listening that don't really care about how, what the yardage is. It, you know, it's, it's a slightly longer track, but not really. Short hitters have – well, there's, a, there's only been two tournaments here. A short hitter won the first one. And two long hitters competed to win the, the the next one. So, you know, length off the tee isn't really a big deal. There's a lot of water hazards. Uh, you know, you want to be a good ball striker. You want to be good with your second shot, which is your approach shot. So that's sort of what I focused on. Guys that can score really easily. Guys that can make a lot of birdies because it is going to be kind of a birdie fest out there. And guys who are really good on their second shot, which again is their approach shot. So, who are some of those golfers that do fit that? And we'll start with this first one uh, that not only fit that, but you maybe think are a good bet for a top 40. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go right into the top 40 if you want. I mean, I, I have about, I didn't want to give minus odds for the top 40. I wanted to get plus numbers everywhere just because I just think that, you know, people aren't interested in, in paying minus 140 for, for anything in golf, top 40 or top 20, uh, unless it's really good. So, I mean, there, there are some good ones out there, but, Top 40, some kind of sneaky guys that I'm also playing in DraftKings. Luke List, Lanto Griffin, and Stuart Sink are all plus 100 to be top 40. I think all of them are going to cruise to, to a top 40 finish. The only, the only guy that I think might get left out is Luke List, and I only say that because he can sometimes be really bad with the putter. But I think, I think plus 100 for those three guys is really great. If you want to go a little bit deeper – and again, these are top 40 plays. These aren't necessarily my favorite plays of the tournament or my favorite plays in DraftKings. These are plays that I think are value specifically in the top 40 market. But Kevin Tway is a guy that is 6,600 in DraftKings, which is a really low price. He's been playing really well lately. I actually like him. You'll hear in a second as a first round leader uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, he's plus 275 to be top 40. So those are some guys that I think have value in the top 40 market. And I will ask you, because I want to get all the golf stuff out of the way. Now, of course, we have you on because of golf, and golf is great. Uh, but I do want to get into some NFL stuff with you. So we'll go straight ahead to our favorite bet for uh, leader after one. 
Yeah, so round one leader, I have, let's see, six guys. All right, we're going to start with Mav McNeely. He's 50-1 to as a first-round leader. I like him. If you can find him in a matchup, I like him. If you can find him, uh, obviously, outright, I like him as well, 50-1. to But if you can find him, you know, you want to play him in DraftKings, I think he's going to be do really well on this course. Hank Leviota is a name I've said on this show quite a few times. He's 55-1 to to win. I'm playing him all over DraftKings, so is everybody else, because people have finally caught up to the fact that Hank Leviota is a pretty good golfer. So 55 to 1, uh, again, this is first-round leader, excuse me. So McNeely, 50 to 1. Leviota, 55 to 1. Stuart Sink, 60 to 1. Brendan Todd, 60 to 1. Johnny Vegas, 60 to 1. And here's the triple-digit one at 110 to 1, Kevin Tway. I kind of had a funny clip, John, that you helped me out with today on Wind Daily Sports. I did this kind of your your in depth analysis, your incredible yeah. expertise that you gave uh, this bet for. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Which of course we're saying sarcastically because I was saying that birthdays are are coming up. One is tomorrow with Brendan Todd, and one is Friday with Kevin Tway. And I'm writing the birthday narrative for these two guys. So one is sixty to one, one is one hundred and ten to one. So those are two of my six round one leaders. I love that. Uh, and then let's go to the uh, the last one. Outright bets. Any birthday boys on the outright bets list? We have not gone uh, the birthday round okay, with the outright. So I'll give you just four. <laughs> Luke List and Hank Lebiota are 50 to 1. In some markets, Lebiota's 40 to 1. I still would take it there. I think there's value there. Uh, Stuart Sink is 65 to 1. And Johnny Vegas is 60 to 1. Again, do, are they, you know, this is one of those things where I don't take guys that are like 20 to one or, or lower because I, I'd rather just wait for them to maybe have a bad Thursday and then take them at longer odds on, on Friday or Saturday. So these are guys sort of in a range that I think they can absolutely win. Like for example, Stuart Sink, he's won twice on the tour already just in 2021 and he's 65 to one Hank Leviota, I think in his last two tournaments, he's been top five. So he clearly has, the capacity to finish in first place. And Luke List has actually had two top fives in his last two tournaments, I believe, as well. So all of these guys have the capability in a weak field, which is what this is, to win a tournament. We're talking with Sina Jad of Windaily Sports. WindailySports.com is where you can find him. He's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. By the way, the White Sox to get a run, so they have runners on the corners now with a 1-1 game with one out, so White Sox looking pretty good. Here we good. go. There we go. Uh, NFL. I got to go NFL with you. Now, there have been some a couple of, of things that I want to go over, a couple of news items. Now, the first one, fortunately, being... Cam Akers going down with a torn Achilles. He is likely going to be done for the season. And now the Rams are down their top running back. Uh, does it mean anything to you for Rams futures? And what is the now fantasy football analysis of Darrell Henderson, who seems like the direct replacement for Akers? Yeah, as far as the futures, I mean... I wasn't really big on the Rams, certainly not relative to the market. I mean, you know, they, they were basically second in line in terms of winning the NFC, and, and I, I never saw it that way. I always, In fact, when I was on your show a few weeks back, I think I might have said I like the Niners to actually be in the Super Bowl this year. So clearly I have them winning the NFC West. I think they're going to be healthy, uh, way more healthy than they were last year, and I love the coaching staff. I love the offense. I don't know what they're doing at quarterback, but I think even if it's Garoppolo, I think they're going to be fine. So your, your answer to the Rams is I think they're going to be kind of fine. Darrell Henderson is a, is a good running back. He's not Cam Akers, in my opinion, but they did draft him relatively high just a couple of years back. So he's an adequate replacement. I don't really think it affects – 
I think it affects the Rams a little bit. I will say that. And it certainly affects their depth because behind Darrell Henderson, they don't really have anybody. Malcolm yeah. Brown is not there anymore. Who's the and rookie the that's everybody have, talking about? Oh, man, is it is it Funk or is it the other guy? I'm trying Xavier, to think of, of Xavier something. Xavier, it might oh, be Funk. Right. Yeah, some, or Jones. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. He was not on my – I looked at a lot of running backs in the draft. And I'm not saying I'm not saying he's bad because, honestly, I probably need to give him a little bit more attention. But that was not somebody that was on my radar at all, and I looked at a lot of running backs. So it's just one of those things I, I don't see him making a high impact. I, I'd be absolutely shocked if the Rams didn't go out and get a veteran – um, whether that's, you know, Le'Veon or, you know, Adrian Peterson, maybe Adrian Peterson doesn't really fit in, in that offense. I think Le'Veon does quite a bit. So, I mean, that, that could be interesting. Um, but no, I don't think it affects the Rams futures too much. And as far as, as far as fantasy, I was going to draft Cam Akers pretty high. I, I wasn't like super high on him, but as far as running backs go, he was definitely right around the, the top 10. And so, I, I'm not just going to, you know, mix and match it and say, oh, well, Terrell Henderson is in that spot. I do have to drop him down a little bit, even though you can make the argument that he should be in the same spot or higher because now Henderson gets all the carries. You could have made the argument that, well, Akers might get 60% of the work or, or 70% of the work, but Henderson's going to get the other 30%. I think Henderson's clearly going to be the workhorse because he kind of has to be. So you could certainly make an argument for Henderson. I, I just don't think he has the talent level that Akers does. So I'd love to have him in fantasy if he drops, but it's not somebody I'm gunning for. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how the market kind of works its way out. If he does end up becoming a top 15 back in fantasy rankings, I don't know if that's worth it, but right now I know in our in the Wind Daily Sports rankings, he's 23rd. If he's around there, sort of as a fringe RB2 or in that discussion, then yeah, I, I definitely have no problem getting some uh, some shares Excuse me, of uh, Darrell Henderson. So that was item well, number one. Yeah. And then, no, you can go. It, it, no, I was going to say a couple. So in that range, guys, I would take him over. Uh, you know, I've considered, believe it or not, taking him over J.K. Dobbins only because I'm a little worried about Gus Edwards' work in the red zone and, of course, Lamar Jackson's work. I, I would take him ahead of Josh Jacobs. Don't forget Kenyon Drake is there. I think David Montgomery is, is, is somebody where, like, I would almost call it a tie there. I'm I would, too, that, yes. Yep. That have, you know, Travis Etienne kind of high. I'm not looking at the Wind Daily ones right now, but um, – you know, I would have him way ahead of Travis at the end for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, Mike Davis is interesting. I'm kind of high on him this year. But I think that's sort of the range you're talking about. And I would take Daryl Henderson over most of those guys I mentioned. Absolutely. I think it's a good spot right there for Henderson. But the problem is that the market tends to overvalue him a little bit too much. And saying what you were, you know, maybe he, everybody's thinking, yeah, he does kind of assume that Acres role and they think he's talented enough that he goes up towards that top 15. That's when I start to, to maybe just, you know, stay away from it and not find too much value in it. So we'll see how the market works itself out. But the other news item today that I saw, Ben Roethlisberger looks pretty good seeing his yard. First of all, did you see the thin Ben Roethlisberger pictures? And what does a possible healthy Ben Roethlisberger mean for you when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers futures and even fantasy? Well, the way his body looks doesn't really factor into me. I mean, it, it's nice to know that it looks like he's, he's being a little bit more healthy, but you know, when it comes to Ben and his age, you know, he has had problems with the arm before. It, it, was, it was two years ago where he had the, like, kind of a major injury to his throwing arm. So, uh, you know, that, that's sort of what I'm worried about more than anything with Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, 
him being bigger, I think, you know, is, is part of the reason he's been able to sustain himself and shake off a lot of tackles in the pocket and things of that nature. So I, I don't really care if he's skinnier or thinner one way or the other. I, I just worry, like, I, I do think Pittsburgh is kind, potentially kind of on a, on a decline. And, and that's mostly because I think the Browns are really good. And I think the Ravens are also going to be really good. So I think Pittsburgh's really going to have to battle to make the playoffs. Uh, they still have a bad offensive line. They certainly have weapons on the outside and a nice, uh, a fun little rookie from Alabama. Let's see how that works out because it doesn't always work out like people expect. A la Trent Richardson, even, even Mark Ingram. I mean, we could go down the line. Like they, they're not necessarily the superstars we thought they were coming out of college. So I think Pittsburgh's going to have some problems and, uh, it doesn't, him being in shape doesn't really affect me. It may, maybe that means he's more focused, which is great, but it doesn't change my outlook for the Steelers. So uh, I guess still not good, no matter what. Even thin, dieting Ben Roethlisberger still means a no-go for you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's a pretty much a no-go. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> fantasy, I think there's parts of that offense that, that I like. I mean, For I like sure, Deontay yeah. Johnson. Uh, I think, you know, taking a chance on Chase Claypool and Juju makes sense. I think Najee Harris makes sense because he is going to be a workhorse. But I, I just – Pittsburgh's in a tough division. It's the bottom line. Like, Cincinnati is going to be Cincinnati. They'll be a little improved. But they're not, the, they're not what the other three teams are. I just think, you know, Baltimore is very good. I think Pittsburgh is very good. And I think the Browns are better than very good. And that's – three really good teams and you got an aging quarterback on one of those three teams and, and a, a kind of a, a hodgepodge offensive line like that. Those that just doesn't usually work out. We're talking with Cena Jad of Wind Daily Sports. WindDailySports.com is where you can find the site. Uh, so I do want to get into a couple of things that you did kind of tweet at me that you want to talk about. And I do find both of them very interesting. First, we'll start with the Eagles one. So the Eagles, you don't think, are going to be at the at the bottom of the division. Who do you think it will be? And also, why are you not that confident in it, in saying that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be the Giants. I think everybody is under the impression that the Giants are so vastly improved because they got Kenny Galladay and, and, and they're getting Saquon back. And I get that. Like, getting Saquon back is, is big time. And we'll have to see if he stays healthy. I, I kind of think he will stay healthy. But I'm not so sure what the, the Giants needed to do was get Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony in the draft. And so they still have such a bad offensive line. We still have these questions about Daniel Jones. And, and I think these questions started when they, the day that they drafted him. I don't know if Daniel Jones is a great quarterback or if, he, if even he's a good one. What I do know is I don't think the, the staff in New York helped him as much as they think they did with Kenny Galladay 
and with Kadarius Tony because I really think they needed to repair that offensive line, and, and they didn't really address that. So, and, and, and some of the offseason moves, like, you know, picking up Kyle Rudolph and paying him a bunch of money, like, that didn't really make a ton of sense. I understand Evan Ingram isn't, isn't great, but I, I don't know that Kyle Rudolph was the answer there. Behind Saquon, Devontae Booker, that's not bad, but you still have the question marks. A, on defense, and B, at the quarterback position, and C, on the offensive line. And when I thinking of the offensive line, I'm thinking, okay, well, John, maybe you can answer this question for me. I mean, your entire offensive line in Philadelphia was injured last year, correct? Yes. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, it reminds me of the Washington football team for like a three- or four-year stretch, their entire offensive line, this is like five, six, seven years ago, was just injured every year. It was just one of those things, and it was like, we're just not going to win a game, I guess. Well, I, I feel like, you know, Philly has some of these guys coming back. They are more healthy. I, I don't know. There's questions about Jalen Hurts, obviously, but I don't know that the questions about Jalen Hurts are that much more severe than the questions you have about Daniel Jones. They're obviously different quarterbacks, but they, they both have – Major question marks. And, you know, if they're going to keep Zach Ertz in town, which maybe they will, and they, and they kind of have that dual tight end approach, maybe they're keeping things kind of closer to the vest and, and they're going to feature Miles Sanders and, and a two tight end package. And, you know, they got the new shiny toy in Devontae Smith, the Jalen Rager in his second year. You know, Fulgham flashed a little bit. So they, they had two or three good receivers. They have two good tight ends as of now. They've got a, a healthy set of running backs. And they got a quarterback that's still a question mark, and maybe the book isn't completely out on Jalen Hurts. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback at the NFL level, but he's only had a handful of games, and now they have an entire offseason to figure out what are we going to do with this guy? Are we going to treat him like Lamar? Are we going to treat him like you know somebody else as a pocket quarterback, a little bit of both? And I, think, I just think that when you consider the health that they're going to have, particularly at the offensive line, I think it's the Giants that finished last in the NFC East. I really do. Now, I will play devil advocate on the Eagles thing in saying that they could be better than the Giants because I would say my concerns with the Eagles are much bigger when I don't know anything about their head coach, their uh, quarterback, and their two starting wide receivers. I have no idea who's going to start in the secondary. I have no idea who's going to be at linebacker for them and be a good linebacker. And I honestly have no idea if they can stay healthy on the offensive line because, let's be honest, some of those guys are almost out the door and about to retire very soon. One of them being Jason Kelsey. Uh, I, I would say my concerns are a little bit stronger with the Eagles than the Giants. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, it's it's fair, but I'll tell you this. I mean, if you're looking at the books and who's going to finish last in the NFC conference, well, of course, it's the Lions uh, are dead last, and it's the Eagles that are right after them, to your point. But guess who's right after them? It's the New York Giants. Right, at, yeah. At plus 4,000. So, <laughs> so, I mean, and by the way, there's a big difference between plus 4,000 and plus 5,000. There is a gap there, but I it's just still, they're, think they're all, yeah, they're both two just bad teams. And, and, and to be honest with you, I, I really think the Giants are getting too much of a bump because of the shiny new toys they added on the outside and the fact that Saquon is back. It's great that Saquon is back, but he's a running back, and running backs don't win you a ton of football games. Offensive lines and defensive lines win you football games. That's how the NFL works. It's just certain staffs haven't figured that out yet, and, and the Giants certainly are one of them. As far as the new coach for the Eagles, well, I see your concern there, but is that coach going to be any worse than the coach that won you all a Super Bowl? And I, and I almost say that in air quotes because I kind of think Nick Foles was running the show during that playoff run, and that's just me. So I just wonder, like, I think you're, you're kind of automatically getting an improvement regardless of how fresh this coach is. So I do want to ask one question about Daniel Jones because you, 
and, and you're right. I mean, the Giants are going to be. I I'm not sure what to think about the Giants. I would likely probably say that they're not going to be a good team, and they're probably going to be competing with the Eagles for that last spot in the division. But have you seen anything from Daniel Jones? Like, I'm legitimately curious because he's getting this one last shot. And I felt like we've seen like flashes at times. But you look at the numbers and everything else and nothing really looks that good. Like, what just what have you seen from Daniel Jones? And is there anything that has made you think, okay, maybe he could be a good quarterback? It's really hard to say because he's, he's had such issues with his offensive line. I, I mean, he throws a good ball. I mean, I, I'll give him that. I, I think he's got happy feet in the pocket. I don't think he goes through all his progressions. But, again, that could be you know, more of a product of the offensive line than anything else. So I, to answer your question, I think the prospects that Daniel Jones is going to be a good NFL quarterback are much better than, than Jalen Hurts. And, and I do think Daniel Jones has, a, has the potential to be a starting quarterback in this league for the next five to ten years. And, again, I stress the word potential. I don't know that I'd want him as my starting quarterback, but I think, I think he's a little bit better than people think. My issue is I'm not sure we're ever going to find out whether that's true or not because of what the Giants are doing to him. And, and for the record, you know, we can look at Philly's schedule too if you want, but they start at home against Denver. They're at Washington, at home against Atlanta. I guess they can win one of those games. Then they're at New Orleans, at Dallas. Rams, Carolina at KC, you know, they got a few potential wins on their schedule. And then on the back end, I guess there's some winnable games, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a really rough start for the Giants. Talking with Sina Jad, windailysports.com, looking at some NFL futures. And uh, of course, the Eagles are in that conversation and maybe worst teams in the NFC. Even though there's some, like Sinajad, I'm seeing some delusional fans when I go over to the Park Sportsbook uh, Twitter account at Park Sportsbook, which you should follow at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Uh, they put up a question about the Eagles and what their win total might be. Are they going to go over six and a half? And there were Eagles fans, legitimately more than one, and enough for me to bring it up that think that they could get double digit wins this season. Uh, come on. Uh, really? Wow. Come on. Uh, Come I mean, on. so what Come the, on. The, the problem, well, okay. So, well, two things. What, one that's interesting about the win total stuff is that our, our perspective is now completely, our equilibrium is so off because we have an extra game now. So 10 games, like to me, 10 games really means nine. Now that's not like perfect math there, but it, it is, it is interesting to consider like when you hear about a win total of like six or six and a half and you're like, all right, well, I don't think they're going to hit that. It's like, okay, you have to factor in that there's another game. But, I mean, if you look at Philly's schedule, I'm just kind of quickly scanning it. And I wonder if those people who think they have a shot at double-digit wins have, have actually looked at their schedule. Now, they do have some easy – they have some layup games on there. And if you assume they beat, like, let's say Dallas once or maybe they even beat Washington once or, or the Giants – like, if you assume they win two out of those six-division games, I mean, they, they do have, like, a healthy dose of, of bad teams. For example, they're at Carolina. Now, Carolina's improved, but they're at the Vegas Raiders. Let's see what, where they're at. They're at Detroit. Um, they play, the, you know, the Giants, of course, but we talked about them. They, they're at the New York Jets. So if they win half of those games where, where they're going against, quote, easier teams, and they win, let's say, two of their six NFC East games, that still only puts them right around six, six games. I mean, there is – there is no way they're winning some of these games here, yeah. unless unless Jalen Hurts is something that I like. None of us could have ever comprehended. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think I, that's going to happen. I, I would even put money on saying that's probably not going to happen. 
Uh, but also, you do have futures bets, and not maybe futures bets, but you do have two teams that you like for the Super Bowl. And I have heard at least one of these teams before from a guest I have by the name of Mark Drumheller. Uh, so what two teams do you like for a potential Super Bowl? Yeah, I like the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I will say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the deserving favorite returning all their starters, and, and just there's not much you can say. And by the way, Antonio Brown gets to play 16 games instead of eight. O.J. Howard comes back from a... We're not sure well, we, about that. That's a good point. <laughs> what we think. And, and then you got O.J. Howard back, and, and actually I think O.J. Howard could be really sneaky, both in, in fantasy circles he and particularly be. DFS yeah. early in the season. Like, There's a lot of targets to go around, so it's really hard to make the argument for O.J. Howard from a target standpoint, but they have, they have all the weapons at their disposal. But, I mean, you know, if, if we're being honest here, like you, you don't just roll through the season into the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. And, by the way, some of those playoff games were really dicey for Tampa Bay. We easily forget that. Washington had a chance to take the lead in the, in the, in the first game of the playoffs for the Bucks. You know, if Jared Cook didn't fumble for the Saints, I know you can say if and, and you know, this, this kind of thing. Jared Cook had a really bad fumble in the middle of the field when the Saints were coming down and, and, and about to score. So th- there are sort of chinks in the armor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at plus 300, I kind of get it, would never bet it. But San Fran is the third favorite. And honestly, I think they're better than the Rams. And I, I don't, I don't want to say it's not close, but I'm just really surprised the, the Rams are plus 550 and the Niners are plus 700. I think it should be the other way around. If you look at the teams behind them, there's really nothing to say about any of the teams behind them where you're like, oh, that team's scary. The Packers, they're really good. I, I, don't, I think the 49ers are better. The Seahawks have zero defense whatsoever, and I just don't think Russell Wilson can do it every year. The Saints, brand-new quarterbacks, that's plural. Uh, the Cowboys, zero defense. The Washington football team is somehow eighth which I, I guess makes sense. And, uh, you know, as good as their defense is and their offensive weapons, I mean, I, I don't actually see them winning the su- or getting to the Super Bowl. So I really think it's, it's the Niners and the Bucks, and I think uh, ultimately it's going to be Kyle Shanahan um, out, outclassing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff, and, and the talent I think is at least similar. I mean, don't forget Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel are really good receivers. And, and by the way, I, I think I might actually be – had a workout with Debo Samuel tomorrow, about a mile what? away from where I live. So, yeah, no, this is this is true. There's a guy um, down here, and everything happens in Fort Lauderdale. By the way, <laughs> South Florida, like the world is run through and, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> John, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I saw Shaq at Starbucks like three days Jeez. ago. Said hi to him. Do you know what his order is? Is he a caramel no, macchiato no, kind of guy? No, it's, that's a funny question. He actually sent somebody else in for his order. I saw him actually, like, in, in the parking area. So. But then, but then the next day, I go to, to, to a, a park that I, I won't name the park, but it's a park near where I live in Fort Lauderdale, and there's Tyreek Hill, there's Jarvis Landry, there's just a bunch of guys working out before they're going to be reporting to training camp. And it's like, that's, that's South Florida. But my point is, uh, I hope I get to lay my eyes on Debo tomorrow. I think he's a really under-the-radar guy. So is Brandon Ayuk. So is Raheem Mostert. So is Jeff Wilson, who's going to eventually yeah. come back from injury. They got Trey Sermon. They've got two quarterbacks. And we know what Kyle Shanahan does with running quarterbacks because we saw what he did with RG3 back in 2012-2013. So he's got all that at his disposal, plus, of course, George Kittle, a good defense, a much healthier team than he had last year. I mean, I I really think all signs are pointing to the Niners. And in the AFC, listen, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC, but I think the Browns are knocking. And I think they have a great defense, an even better offensive line, great weapons on the outside, the two best running backs in the league, and at least an average quarterback. And you don't need to be a superstar quarterback if you have all of those other things at your disposal. So give me the Browns, give me the 49ers, and your Super Bowl champion is Kyle Shanahan's 
San Francisco 49ers. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? I think it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, actually. What? I just don't think Trey Lance... I don't think Trey Lance is going to be ready. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to create some packages for Trey Lance as the season progresses. But I, I got to be so honest. So you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback? You do realize that Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl. And he's the reason ago. why they lost and, it. Well, but he got there is the point. So, so He didn't get I'm there. He, is, he handed the ball off the entire run. He, he passed well, the ball well, eight well, times against Minnesota. Eight John, may I introduce you to Kyle Shanahan offenses? You don't need to be a prolific quarterback to succeed in that offense, which is why Joe Average Matt Ryan was like an MVP when he had Kyle Shanahan. So the, the point is, if you have a healthy team, you can have a game manager quarterback if you have all the other pieces around you. And Jimmy Garoppolo was one throw away. If he had just gotten a first down on a particular play where George Kittle was wide open, or if he had hit one of his receivers deep and it was a bad throw from Jimmy, but one of those two things happened, or for that matter, Tyree Kill doesn't get ho- open because of the San Francisco defense on like fourth and 16 or whatever it was with six minutes left in the game. So if any of those things went a different way, guess who's the Super Bowl winning quarterback? I mean, it's a game of inches kind of literally, and that inch prevented Jimmy Garoppolo from being a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So it's not that far-fetched for a guy who was six minutes away from winning a Super Bowl two years ago to all of a sudden be a Super Bowl winner, especially when you're in the same system and you're surrounded by better, potentially healthier talent. Can't do it. As said once by a 49ers head coach, can't do it. Nope, not gonna bet. Not gonna bet on the Niners. Not even gonna think about it. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback, can do it. Can't win with him. Can't do it. Um, I love it. I see, love it. Love uh, it. thank you. Even though I completely disagree with the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff, uh, everything else is great. You did a great job. You're always great. You're probably right about the 49ers. I'm probably wrong. Uh, but awesome to talk to you and can't wait to talk some more fantasy football and football in general with you moving forward. Uh, going to be a good time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, John, the good news is in about a month, month and a half, we get to figure out who's right and who's wrong because the NFL season begins. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it needs to happen now. Um, yeah, because I'm already running out of topics, Cena, John. I will, I, will be up, <laughs> I will be up front with you. I was talking NBA futures last segment, okay? Now, I'm oh, already boy. running out of oh, stuff. Boy. I need NFL now. I, that's why I'm asking questions about Aline Ben Roethlisberger. What in the bleep else am I going to talk about? Uh, Cena, thank you. Indeed. At Cena com is where you can find him. Golf, betting, and DFS, but also NFL. Uh, does a great job with NFL. Season-long DFS, betting, all of it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.